1: This is Sandra Beck, and Linda Franklin has the week off. We are going to share with you an interview we did on our sister station, Motherhood Talk Radio, with Kristen. Hey, everybody. This is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin, and we have a great show today. We're going to be talking with Lori Johnson, and with this with this latest health epidemic, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, um, we are facing uncertain times. We are facing things that we've never faced before as a planet with digital media. Now, we've had plagues before. We've had things like this before. That's nothing new. But the media coverage is insane. And I think people are more aware than ever of what's going on on a global basis. So I would really like to talk with intuitive Lori Johnson today about what's going on. Now, before we do, I'm going to check in with you, Linda, in New York. What do you see? You live in Manhattan. What do you see changing as a result of of, of this latest health crisis.
2: Well, up until today um, or yesterday, I didn't see a whole lot. But uh, since the word "pandemic," you know, came in from the uh, from the CDC yesterday, things things are definitely quieting down. Industry um, is coming to a to a halt. So there's more more and more people at home now. But. Um, the fear, the fear is, is definitely here. And that's, that's the total topic of conversation. If you, you know, if you talk to somebody in the dog park or on the street or in your building or wherever, it's just all about, all about the, uh, coronavirus. And, and, um, you know I think it's fear because right now it seems to be fear of the unknown we don't know and if you go into the stores yeah we're still stocked with food and everything but there is absolutely no Purell no rubbing alcohol you know no uh, Lysol sprays I mean the, the it's bare as soon as the shipment comes in it goes out just as quickly so you know people are paying attention um, the gym which I haven't been to all week and and canceled even for tomorrow uh, they say you know it's like a it's like a ghost town people are paying attention so that's what i'm seeing
1: so <clears throat> lori what does this have to do with us as a planet like us as a energy beings all together i mean how does one relate to the other
3: oh big time um this if you look at any kind of astrologer who has been reporting this, this has been coming. Uh, pandemic very specifically has been coming for a really long time. People don't usually talk about it because it's, people don't want to hear about that. You know, astrologers aren't going to say, yeah, we got this thing coming in and a lot of people are going to die. It isn't necessarily that we need to have a lot of people die because it's, it's really just a reset for where we're going not a reset for just this year it's a reset for where humanity is going they talk a lot about you know how in 2012 we had this big transition going into the aquarian age and Mayan calendar no longer helping us cuz it ended in 2012 But the point of that is that this is the new evolution for humankind. If we don't pay attention to that on a conscious level, not because you got to be all spiritual and woo-woo or anything, but just don't pay attention to what the signs are telling you, what smarts your own intuition or even your own common sense is telling you, then we get this that's going to smack us upside the head to pay attention. We have a system that is totally reliant um, big corporations and medicine comes into that big corporation category where our society says you've got to work bigger, harder, stronger, faster. You can't take any time off. You've got to take antibiotics because that gets you back to work faster. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, people who have relied on doctors for little things that they can take care of themselves because they don't want to interrupt the flow of their lives are now susceptible because they're reliant on something that's not going to help them now. Mm-hmm. So the immune system that people normally have has been, even from birth, has been compromised. And it's what we eat. It's how we take drugs. It's how we don't take care of ourselves. And so this is a reset for that. But it's a reset because it also affects everything. It affects the economy. It affects trade. It affects who we are to each other. I have a friend in Los Angeles who is from Taiwan. She's been living here for about 20 years. And... She walked down the street last week and there were people looking at her like she was the cause of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So it's affecting everything, which it's supposed to. In 2008, Sylvia Brown, the psychic who is no longer with us, but she had an entry in a book about the future that was talking about 2020 that said there would be a pandemic and that it would affect the lungs and breathing, that it would hit hard and then it would disappear just as fast. And then it would show up again in 10 years. Ooh. So she's kind of right on. But the whole point of this is it's a leveling out system. Find out what's important, not what we're used to being important, but what's important. If everybody has to go down to survival level, and that doesn't mean you know, you're on the streets and having to fight everybody like the walking dead. This is everybody finding out what's equal by everybody being leveled out in the first place.
1: Well, and I think, you know, when you talk about being leveled out, it, it's, it's about our values. It's about how we treat each other. And what's interesting is, you know, when I look at that, um, you know, the, 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 the case in New York City where the guy, you know, he went to a party, you know, or went to a bar mitzvah and then, you know, his friend helped him and everybody got infected. What do you think the message is there for that?
3: That's about self-awareness. Um, For one thing, the pandemic needing to spread is a bigger karmic issue going on here, and that's not a karma about every individual, although that's part of it, but the bigger level is the karma of us as human beings, as going from mankind where there was a certain mindset that we are now out of and moving into that equality factor. But something like that is, for one, on the bigger picture karmic level is to make sure everybody is facing this in one way or another, but there's also the thing about him taking no responsibility for himself and how he affects others. Most people don't think how they affect others, whether it's their mood or the energy they're putting off or what they're saying, they think about how something is affecting me. And this is, look at how you are affecting others. There's also a senator who just says, I've got it, but I don't care, I'm gonna go out into the world, he's not gonna self-quarantine because of the arrogance get over yourself take care of yourself and that means also don't put yourself on others because of your own personal arrogance
2: Yeah, and that you know better than um the news that's that's coming at us um and a lot of people did and i guess it's you know i guess the first stage is denial right this is really happening and it's a control yeah. issue. We don't, have any, we don't have any real control over the virus. We do have control of what we're going to, how we're going to protect ourselves and others as it's going on.
3: Yeah, and that's the point. Very specifically, the point of 2020, the entire year, is that we really have no control over anything, but because we've come from that arrogance of, tw- of the um, Piscean Age, <clears throat> that we think we have had control like, you know, a kid who's in the sandbox, parents let him think that he's in control of that entire world, so he learns about himself that way. But we're like a five-year-old kid playing in a sandbox. We don't have control over anything, and this is bringing that up right in our faces in a way that we cannot avoid.
2: Is, do you think this is going to have a lasting effect, or when, it, or when it dissipates, you know, whether it be a week, a month, or six months, a year, that we will go back? to what was before or we will actually have changed how we what we believe and how we think and how we treat people
1: Linda and Lori, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because I'd like to thank our sponsor today. And our sponsor is Caliper CBD. And you can get 20% off your first order when you use promo code POWEREDUP, like our show, Powered Up Talk Radio, at trycaliper.com slash powered up. Now, Caliper spelled C-A-L-I-P-E-R. And what I like about Caliper is that they believe everyone deserves to feel better naturally and that drastic changes shouldn't be required. And that's why they've made these precise and reliable CBD product that is easier to take than cbd oil and you get all the benefits of cbd in a tasteless, dissolvable powder that your body absorbs more rapidly. So you can feel better naturally without upending your lifestyle. Now, I'm going to describe this to you because it kind of looks like a cross between a sugar packet and one of those little, like, sealed wipe packets. And I like it because it's discreet, and I can throw it in my purse, I can carry it with me, and it really looks nothing more different than just like a little sugar packet. And I add Caliber to my daily smoothie, and if I have a really... Busy day, and I'm stressed out by the end of the day. I like to add it to my evening tea and caliper doesn't taste funny; it doesn't have that grassy flavor it's easy to mix into your food and drink like it's super super fine, so it doesn't gum up and get gross and I really like caliper because it helps me it helps relieve my stress it helps me fall asleep faster. You know these things make a difference in me and I really love that Caliper talks about everyone deserving a little piece in their pocket. And that's really what we're talking about today. And they are the first to provide consistent, convenient, and precise CBD in a water-soluble powder. So this little powder that you have, you just rip it open, drop it in your tea, drop it in your smoothie, and you're good to go. Now, they come in two different sizes, 10 and 30-count packs, and you can get started for under $20. The individual 20-milligram packets give you the maximum benefit of CBD where you go, and they're all completely THC-free. So you get all the goodness of CBD with no high, and they have all natural non-GMO ingredients, no fillers, added chemicals, or artificial flavors, which all three of us um, are big, big fans of that. So get... 20% off your first order when you use promo code POWEREDUP at trycaliper.com slash POWEREDUP. Caliper is so sure you'll love this product. They even offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, which is so great. That's caliper.com slash POWEREDUP. Don't forget promo code POWEREDUP for 20% off your first order. Now, Lori, you know, and Linda, we're talking about, you know, all these changes. What can we expect, you know, in the coming year, Lori, with respect to these changes?
3: The entire year, and this very specifically, is about changing something so we do not return to old ways of thinking. Um, There are certain aspects of how we have structured things that are very helpful, but they've gotten very corrupted or very blown out of proportion. Um, This is not the only thing. This virus is not the only thing that is leveling us out. That's what we're going to have all year long. The way that I have been shown it is that there are two steps on this with the coronavirus, with the COVID-19 is that the first infection, which is what we're in right now, of people getting infected and dealing with it one way or another, Um, and not obviously everybody is going to die from this. That's where the fear factor is coming in. But the second part of this is that when people have recovered and it seems like it is dissipating, then there is the rebound effect, which has been going on with pretty much every flu that that we've had had over the last 10 years, where you get better, and okay, I can go back to work, I'm feeling better, and you get back, and it means you didn't take care of yourself to the very, very end of the virus, and so it comes back even stronger. They're talking about this being done, uh, you know, because when the warm weather comes, not necessarily, because honestly, this is not like any virus we've had before, for whatever reason, and it's going to act in a different way. So my fear here, or not fear, I wouldn't say that. What I'm seeing is that it's very probable that even though we're going to hit, I'm sorry, hit within the next month, like a really high point of this, it's going to wane and then it's going to come back in summer.
2: But, the, you know, Lloyd, this is different than um, anything that we've seen, because not only is there the health aspect of it, it's the economic aspect of it because, you know, the markets in the three weeks is is down like 25%. So, you know, people are looking at their IRAs and and their savings and their pensions and their jobs and and everything, and that's not going to recover as quickly. So it's also about, oh my God, um, how am I going to survive that part of it?
3: Yeah, and that's the thing. We are a very survivable people. We're incredibly adaptable, but we've kind of forgotten that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying money isn't important or IRAs or retirement isn't important, but we've lost our agility in being able to deal with what's in front of us because we're planning out of fear so much in the future. So this is kind of balancing that out. It's like deal with what you've got. We're all okay one way or another, and I know that that sounds very – la 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 that it's that we're not all okay but we really are if you don't base it on where you think you should be yeah the ec- economy is going to be um very shaken up by this but if you look at the market the market is all based on theory anyway it's on fact after the fact but it's based on theory so this is something somebody gets afraid of something in the market goes crazy of course we're going crazy right now but the idea is that that's not fact it's based on this is what we think something is going to do so let's all react in one way or another and right now the fear factor is really high fear is our companion this year it's kind of like i can't say get over it but deal with the fact that we are in a better position than we've ever been in society in life in history to deal with something like this but because we have the media That is showing us everything as in when one case is determined somewhere halfway around the world we we know about it which makes us all freak out Mm -hmm. yeah but the point is that we can deal with this this is really getting us to be more agile as human beings and being able to deal with things because we have to nobody wants to do this but if you want change negative lesson is the thing that gets your attention more than anything else and this is a huge negative lesson
2: that is for sure and just like we talked about before in the Piscean Age, we wanted, you know, Big Daddy, all the, all the the male energy to come in and make it better. And in this case, not only is it not making it better, it's actually making it worse because it's not being dealt with in a, in a professional, thoughtful, a pre, a presidential way.
3: Yeah, or even a coherent way. <laughs> for, for, for Trump, it's all about money. And... If numbers make him look bad, like the number of people that are infected, he doesn't want to know about that because he takes it personally like a little boy. Everything is about him. It's not about him. But for us to get out of that mindset, we need to have more reliance on self. And one of the things, you know, when I write in my blog, it's like, make sure you take care of what you need to do. Don't wait for government on any level to do things for you first you need to keep your kids out of school before they close the school because you're concerned about that, then do it. Because the government pretty much is a step behind, if not several steps behind. Federal government is several steps behind. Some governments are doing better, like Washington and obviously Italy. Um, But we just are losing our own personal adaptability with this and trusting that we know better. And this is helping us find that.
2: Laurie, on a personal uh, note, how how is your life changing? What are you not doing that you did, let's say, two or three weeks ago?
3: Not really much. I kind of am a hermit. <laughs> so for years, after um, living and dealing with a lot of people in L.A. and going out and participating in a lot of things, this moving to Texas has been kind of like a rest for me. So... I don't go out, I get a tank of gas, and it might last me four months because I just don't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And also because I came from LA where there were earthquakes, it's like I had this whole earthquake preparedness thing, so I've got food for like a month that's already planned and water, I'm already ready for that, like we're going to have an earthquake in, in Austin, but still, I had that mentality. So the worst that I have is going out and feeling the fear factor from people when I went to the grocery store, but hasn't changed my world. I'm lucky with that.
2: How about you, Sandra?
1: Well, I see a lot of changes um, out here with, especially you know, with my kids' events. The the schools have now um, in in Los Angeles, the school has have changed their procedures. So you know, people coming on campus is very different. They're actually not allowed on campus, and the students um, they're really diligent about hammering the kids about you know staying home when you're sick. And it used to be, you know, you give these awards for attendance. For the schools, which, you know, for a lot of families or high functioning kids, they want to get the perfect attendance award, which means they come to school when they're sick and Now there's a lot of, you know, if kids are not feeling well, the peers, I see this in my son's eighth grade, they actually were leaning on this kid at lunchtime the other day because he came to school sick. He was actively sneezing, actively coughing, his eyes were red. And, you know, my son said, like, hey, you know, you're going to make us all sick. Why don't you go home? And he's like, well, I want my perfect attendance. Mm. And, You know, so I think some of these things, like what is perfect, is showing up for school every day and infecting everybody a mark of perfection? I don't think so. Um, And I do coach the swim team at my high school, I'm one of the coaches there, and I've noticed that, you know, the kids are. Mindful, you know, they're mindful of, you know, like they all wash their hands after swim practice, you know, because they went and used the public showers, you know, in the, in the gym, and then they're washing their hands. And, you know, I thought that was so interesting that they were being more mindful of hygiene, which, you know, for teenage kids, that's amazing. Um and I do see, I do see a lot of um, stocking up. I did it myself. You know, I stocked up on on bottled water. I stocked up on medicine. You know, I have an 87 year old dad living with me and two kids. So, and I'm rural. But like you, Lori, I'm used to from being from Buffalo. I'm used to snowstorms. So I kind of had that like we could be in the house for seven days snowstorm mentality, coupled with the 20 years of living in L. A. with earthquakes. Um, <laughs> And I'm I'm rural. You know, I'm probably 45 minutes outside of the city, so it's a good, you know, 15, 20-minute drive to the nearest grocery store. Um, but I've been more mindful in stocking up on things that I think would be difficult to get if I were sick and I wouldn't be able to drive to get some of these things. That was more my concern.
2: Yeah. I mean, in, in, on a bigger picture, do you think this is going to affect uh, the way people feel about the government and, and, it, um, and kind of influence the election in November, which seems like a long way away, but it really isn't?
3: Yeah, it really isn't. Yes, it will affect that. Um, one way or another, this is a wake-up call for everybody to be more mindful, and that includes people who are holding on to um, past power which is basically a lot of people that are still in government, that they don't want things to change, not because it's good for everybody else, but because it will change their lives and they won't be able to make as much money or have as much power or have as much freedom. So yeah, that's again, it's leveling out with that. It's like, if you're not there for the good of the people, you don't need to be there. And um, yeah, the election is going to be vastly different than it would have been if we did not have this virus coming in, uh, except that I still feel that Trump is not going to be in office. so
2: when, What, after November or before November?
3: <laughs> it's possible, there there are so many choices that are going on here um, that I, I feel, I don't think he's going to get reelected if he survives, but I don't feel a Republican majority is going to be reelected. So however that works, it's going to come. This will make it easier just say that he's still alive and that there's the election and he and somebody else gets elected in. And his whole thing is that he wasn't going to leave the white house because that was going to be a lie because, uh, the election was fixed against him, which is, you know, he's trying to say that the COVID COVID-19 is, is basically a plot to get him out of the white house. (laughs) Um, because of course, you know, Italy is trying to get him out of the white house too, whatever. That's so stupid. But the fact that he's in that zone, with this coming in, that even if there is an election, that is well, it's going to be. But I mean, it's necessary to get him out. He's not going to have much to stand on to be able to say that this was against him personally, and it's a conspiracy theory. He's, you know, shooting himself in the foot with his own stupidity.
2: Yes, well, we thought he was doing that for the last four years, but um, he seemed to be able to survive it all, which is totally amazing to begin with. But this one, I think, is is bigger than than all of the others.
3: It is. I mean, it, it's getting people's attention. It's like if if things are going within government and they're not affecting you daily
2: yeah.
3: um, in your life daily, then people aren't paying attention. They like that there was the father voice, this guy who would tell you everything is okay, whether that's a lie or not. And now they're coming into grips of you have to deal with what's going on for you personally, because you could be infected. Your family could be infected. Somebody, you know, could die. So this father voice crap, this euphoria and his lying it's seen clearer now, because also 2020, the whole point of this is the truth is revealed on everything. And if we have to get the truth revealed on everything by having a virus come in and shake us up, that's what we've got.
2: Is there anything to read that this particular virus is um, really not affecting, you know, babies and, and, and you know, younger, younger children and adults, um, but older people, are we got that like, culling out the population?
3: <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. This is where, you know, difficult to go into the conspiracy theory theory part of it, but from everything that I have been in contact with other psychics and with healers, uh, especially a healer that I know that connects with whatever the disease is and gets like the DNA of it in order to be able to find what can heal it. Um, and she had said that everybody that she knows that's looked into it that way has said that this is a man-made virus very specifically to call the herd and very specifically to call the older. So they made it incredibly transmittable and it's mainly going to affect obviously economy and populations, but it's there to do that, to specifically get rid of the the elderly because if you're looking at a natural virus, natural viruses don't care about whether it's old or young, it's whatever is the weakest, whoever has the weakest immune system is the one who is going to be susceptible. And at least that's what I've heard. And that's what honestly I feel is true. It doesn't matter in the long run, because it's still there. And it's still going to have its effect. But this is something to consider. Because this is actually for how people deal with viruses. This is not an unusual thing to have a man made virus. It's not the first time.
1: No. And, you know, I'm going to weigh in here, you know, just in my own, you know, kind of theories and, and, you know, you look at where it originated in an area where pharmaceutical drugs are made, where there's lots of research being done. There's one of the biggest... You know, pharmaceutical manufacturers in that area. Um, you know, it could have been an accident. It could have been they were working with something and engineered this virus. Which you know, there's there are suspicions that some of the diseases that we have are engineered to keep the pharmaceutical companies in business. To, you know, it's a, a sickness in some respects is good for the economy, and just like a war is good for the economy in some respects. So I just find it suspicious of where it. Where it uh, originated because that's where a lot of our drugs originated to me that's too much of a coincidence to just believe it was like you know hopped across the fence from some you know slaughtered animal at one of these wet markets that that's a tough one to swallow when it just happens to be in the area where all these pharmaceutical companies have their headquarters and things are being manufactured but again you know we have no proof of these things but you know when you look at at taking responsibility for your family, for your health. You know, we do have a very sick population. And so it's not a bad thing that the entire world has a wake up call of going, are we poisoning our planet? Are we poisoning our food? You know, what are we doing for greed?
3: Yeah. Well, a couple of weeks ago we had a huge shift. Um, we couldn't, um, Mark it by when uh, um, it was very clear that it was going to be a two person presidential race. Um, And over that weekend, basically the earth, the energy of the earth, um, the vibration of the earth said, all right, you guys are planning and planning and planning. You're going to do something. You're going to do something. You haven't done it. And she said, forget it. All of that stuff is moved up. The timetable is moved up. We're going to take care of everything right now. So the energy shifted To not be messing around with, let's concentrate on how much money every single person is going to have to get in order to run for president. Let's cull it down right now. And on that weekend, the people that I had as clients, they all had major events in their life that brought the timetable up really fast. So we are in, like, the hands of God, the hands of the earth, for us to learn a lesson in ways that when you go to school and you don't know what you're learning the teacher will tell you we've got a lot of teachers now that are giving us this identity awareness factor coming in because this is making us all think we have to think completely differently about our world about where we're going and we're all going to be able to handle this but some people just don't want to and they might not want to and deny it up until you know they pass whether it's because of of the virus or not but there's just so much stuff that's going on right now. And it literally is step up, get in pace, stop being afraid, just deal with it. Do it. We're all fine. We're all adaptable. But the fear factor is making us all seem like we can't. We can.
2: Yeah. And, and I think the fear factor also lowers our immune system uh, ability to fight these things as well. Yeah. Really crazy. So, Go ahead, Linda.
1: I was just going to say going on that fear thing, you know, one of the things that I, I didn't like after working in Hollywood for so many years is the emphasis on entertainment being fear based, you know, it's, it's a scary movie, it's a it's a thriller and it's all about death and destruction and killing. And that's somehow entertainment. I think after some of these experiences that we're having, you know, with the with the weather, with the pandemics, with these things, I'm hoping that will cause a shift in our entertainment industry to create things that are more positive and uplifting rather than destructive, negative and and creepy. So I know, that happened to me. I used to love all that stuff until I had tragedy and trauma in my life. Then it wasn't so fun. And so I'm hoping to see a change in Hollywood that, um, you know, that we see a movement toward uh, something more positive and, and nurturing and uplifting. But, you know, you never know. You know talking, yeah, just-
2: talking about Hollywood, I mean, yesterday when, when Tom Hanks announced that he and his wife uh, both have the, uh, the virus and they were working on a movie in Australia, got tested in Australia, and now they're quarantined in Australia doing whatever they can not to spread the virus. I mean, that makes it very real to people because everybody knows Tom Hanks. So that it made it like, wow, if Tom Hanks can get it, I really must be very susceptible too.
3: Right. Yeah. And that's a, it's a good thing.
2: It's a good thing, yeah. So, um, and it's a good thing that it happened you know, he's he seems to be a pretty good guy. I don't know anything about Tom Hanks, but I know everybody seems to like him a lot. So he's probably going to do a lot to, um, to help this in, in whatever way that he can.
3: Yeah, because he's being mindful of it. He's respecting it. He's respecting what it needs. He could just go back on the movie set because, you know, you miss a day on a movie set and it costs so much money. He's not dealing with that. He's dealing with the bigger picture, which is about per everybody's health and about everybody's choices.
1: Well, I think that's the thing that made me so mad about that Dartmouth kid who, you know, decided to go ahead and go to these meetings, whatever, when he was, no, he was infected. And recently there's a, a you know, I'm not sure which airline it was, but, you know, a guy gets a text that, you know, his his test came back positive and he and his wife are literally on the airplane you know, how, how, do you, how do you have any conscience going fully sick onto an airplane, given the information that we have? And I think that's what I like about Tom Hanks is he's given us permission and given us direction of how we should behave.
3: Yeah. And he, he's done that on every movie set that he's been on. You know, it's kind of like the person who is in charge, the person who is the star sets the pace for how a movie goes. And he has come in prepared. He has come in in a positive attitude. He comes in setting an example for every single person that works on whatever set he's working on. That has been consistent in his career, not just because he's a nice guy, but because he's a professional. And he's doing the same thing now. He's setting a a pace for how you deal with this as an example.
1: Right. He's setting a standard, you know, and I think, you know, I look at all these programs that are in our middle school and elementary and high school that teach integrity, that, you know, teach uh, courage, that teach honor, you know, all of these kind of old fashioned values that have gone by the wayside, I think, in most, most contemporary culture, it's nice to see someone with integrity and be held up, you know, as someone that, that people can emulate. I really hope that it raises awareness that, You know, it's okay. I had to cancel guests at my house this week. You know, I chose, I have friends coming in for a funeral, and I have uh, my old high school boyfriend and his wife coming to stay for a visit. And I canceled them, you know, it's not worth it to risk my dad's health or our health, having them on an airplane and exposed to all these people. So, you know, and they were very gracious about it. They understood. And, you know, I think Linda, you know, about my saying no, it's hard for me to say no to the people I care about this one. It was, it was still uncomfortable, but I did it because I did what I thought needed to be done for the health and well-being of my family. Yeah.
2: Laurie, you know this, this. This past four years, we've been shaken up on almost every level uh, by the government. And if if Biden ends up being our new president, are things going to fall back to the way they were, or have you think we've learned enough lessons that we will go forward, hopefully smarter and more compassionate, and and a better a better human race? you know, with, is he going to be our great white
3: hope kind of thing? He will and he won't. Meaning the first thing that I think is going to happen is, is we're going to get back to the best parts of where we have been before. But I also think that there's a lot of stuff that is being brought up now that absolutely has to change. Um, So the first thing is, let's get us back to the good parts. Let's be part of society. Let's be part of the world instead of very, very closed up and in our own behind the wall fence. So I think that we're going to get back like being more involved with Europe, being more involved with trade and immigration is going to change. That's going to be the first thing, which is the stuff that was moving forward before we got Trump. Beyond that, I do think that there's going to be a major change, and I'm going to not get all doom and gloom here, but I'm not feeling whoever gets elected Mm -hmm. is going to last the first year. Um, So it's really important for the vice president to be really a significant and strong individual, because I do believe that before the first year of the new presidency, the vice president is going to be the one in charge. And with that, any person that Biden chooses... And I'm assuming Biden because that just feels to me so obvious, I mean, energetically and psychically, that um, any person that he chooses as a vice president is going to be from a group of people that are so aware and so forward thinking that that's what's going to move us forward with new consciousness.
2: Would you think that that possibly could be a woman?
3: I think it better be a woman of color or he's not going to get elected easily.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, it could be um, Kamala Harris from California. You know, she's got, she seems to have California locked up and he needs those votes.
3: He needs women. He needs a woman of color. To me, either Kamala or Stacey Abrams, number one, right there. Either one of those would be great. And if we are, excuse me, too scared as a nation to elect a woman, Um, this is how we get a woman and a woman of color in office to show how great that can be because we can't do it by popular vote. Let's do it by default.
2: Wow. Well, you know, I certainly don't want to see, uh, you know, someone come into office and and croak (laughs) after the first year, but, you know, I don't have much to say about that. Um, And if that's what our planet needs to move forward, I guess so be it. Right.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. Right now, every individual who is so important to themselves and important on how they live, and you can't, you know, change my world, even an iota, because then everything else will fall apart. What we're going to be doing is becoming more unified, because part of the Aquarian Age, the biggest part of that, is that we are all connected. We are all of the same energy. We're all the same and just represented in different aspects of where we're born, of what color we are, and what religion we are, but we're all the same and we've forgotten that. And this is gonna be a unifying effort. Right now, it seems like it's closing everybody off because people in countries have to close themselves off from everybody at this moment. But what happens when we come out of that is that we have more humanity than we've had in a really long time.
2: That would be, that would be lovely.
1: Well, and I, I think you're onto something there, Lori, because I can see, you know, with my latest um, with my latest things that I have to go to the doctor a lot and the hospital a lot for treatments, I've seen people who even weren't very nice to me before or didn't even notice me before make offers of help to drive the kids, take care of the kids, you know, while I'm under treatment. And, you know, I'm hopeful that on a global level, this will kind of reground us back to our humanity, you know, that we're all human, we're all vulnerable to this, and that we have to look out not only for ourselves, but also for our fellow man.
3: Yes, we're going away from the, it's all about me, which got to be very, very strong at the end of the Piscean Age and ended in 2012. And now it's all about us. Yeah, that's the theme. It's humanity. It's not mankind, mankind to put people in categories by whether you were a man, whether you had more money, whether you were of a certain race, it was a delineation. It was like a caste system. And that doesn't work anymore. I mean, we're growing out of that. It's it was an evolutionary inevitability anyway, but we're in the middle of seeing that happen, which although frightening is also incredibly exciting to be alive at this time to watch the evolution of humankind happening on a day-to-day basis.
1: Well, that's one of the cool things that I want to share with you guys. You know, last week I was at a swim meet um, and it had, you know, like, like, It was at a a big sports complex with, you know, probably there's five or six pools and there were maybe 20 or 30 teams there. And to watch the swimmers walk by in their bathing suits, like not to be like the the creeper watching everybody walk by, (laughs) but you couldn't identify the majority of the races, you know, like you couldn't tell if they were Hispanic or Asian or white or black. I mean, it was really cool to see these swim teams uncovered, you know, because most of the time, you know, kids have a ball cap on or they have their clothes on or whatever. And to see the swimmers stand up on their blocks and see every body shape from, you know, it used to be when I was swimming, everything was fat shaming, you know, you, you had to be thin, you had to be super muscular. And if you didn't, you know, get up on the blocks. And that's where I think a lot of us formed our eating disorders, and to see all body shapes participate, to see all colors, and then to look at the kids in their race caps and goggles, and not be able to, like, if I had to do a police lineup, you guys, I couldn't pick out a race, creed, color, you know, other than, you know, a a skin tone, and even that was such a wide variety. It was really fun for me to see how how everything is mixing and just being and becoming more beautiful.
3: Exactly. That's part of the thing with this is that with especially with the global communication being able to see people in other countries and other religions are really not that different mm-hmm. from us and what I believe is going to happen with the Aquarian Age is that there is going to be mixing until it's very difficult to tell what somebody's heritage is, which doesn't mean we become homogenous. It means that we will not have that much of a difference, but where our heredity is is still important not because it's going to separate us but because there's pride i came from scotland i came from africa and this is you know the culture that i came from but we all will be more on a, the same level all the way across the board in even how we look
1: yeah i love that you know and and i the other thing too is i love and i'm just going to say this because i think it was just really cool to watch when i'm working with this team in the water they flip their goggles off and you can't predict the eye color. You know, we've got (laughs) every eye color, you know, it used to be, you know, there's, you know, traditions in certain, in certain cultures. And when they flip their goggles off and I see this girl with, Jet black hair, super dark skin, look at me with green eyes, or look at me with blue eyes, or this really fair girl, look up with me with these almond shaped chocolate eyes, and she's blonde hair. Like it was really, you know, it was like, remember those old Benetton ads that we used to see um, where yeah. the kids were just mixed like that? And it was so beautiful because everyone looked like a little swimming Christmas ornament to me.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's becoming more and more that how we look is not as important as who we are and what we bring to each other. We're going into humanity, which again, I mean, that just seems like it's a very easy word to say, but we're becoming human. It's not about, are you a good man? Are you a good woman? Are you a good Catholic? Are you a good Buddhist? It's, are you a good human being? Yes. Which encompasses all of that. Are you the best that you can be as a human being, which means you're part of the human race?
1: That's right. That's right. So Lori, what do you have to share with us that we can end, you know, uplifting on this show? You know, do you have a message of hope for us as we enter into this? You know, the, we're starting just to get into this pandemic here in the United States. Um, do you think it's going to go full blown? Or do you think it will be uh, contained in a wake up call just for our country?
3: I think it is going to go full-blown, but I think what people are afraid of with it going full-blown is not what's actually going to happen. I mean, because we've had so many destruction and apocalypse movies, we're looking at this like people going for water, like there aren't going to be groceries, like, you know, we're going to have zombies walking down the street and we've got to prepare. You got to prepare for being in your home. Our electricity isn't going to go off. We're not going to lose the basics that we've got. So this is going to take us down to basics, but it's not going to remove things. One of the things that I could say, and I highly recommend is obviously look to your immune system. Everybody look to your immune system and very carefully like pound the vitamin C or the zinc or whatever it is that builds your immune system up. And even though this is going to be really hard, stop eating dairy, wheat, and sugar because all three of those basically make your body a Petri dish for growing any bacteria or virus. So if you don't have that in your body, the virus can be gotten rid of easier. And that's a really hard thing to do because our entire, you know, eating system in this country is based on that. Um, We get through this. This is part of what our evolution is here for, of being able to make that jump. When Trump was elected, I said this was a negative lesson for us to have to wake up and smell the coffee faster as a race of human beings. This is just another level of that. We're going to make it through, um, fear is really high right now. Even before COVID came in, this is a very big year of fear. And the whole thing is face the fear and know we can get through it because we're learning something about ourselves that we just needed to be reminded of. This is going to be, um, I can't say a good thing because when people die, people don't think it's a good thing. But a lot of people kind of need to get off the planet. I don't mean to be cruel about that, but we have too many, and if this is a way of being able to get not just the economy working better because there's a pandemic, but to give people who don't know how to let go the opportunity to let go, then this is a positive thing. It's one of those negative lessons that's going to bring a cleansing, and I don't mean cleansing like we're going to kill a lot of people, but a cleansing of how we look at things and we come out of this with fresh eyes, which is what we need and what everybody is going to be grateful for after the fact.
1: Well, I think, you know, there's a yin and yang to everything, you know, there's a, you know, there's, there's positive and negative to both, but I think, you know, if we can take away from this, You know, things that can help us as a population, then it also makes the the people that did pass on, you know, they didn't die in vain. So, you know, I like to look at the lesson in things. I think there's a lot of lessons with this virus. There's a lot of self-examination and a lot of kind of rethinking you know, what does my life really mean to me? What do the people around me really mean to me? That's the biggest thing that I take away from this. And I am I tell everybody I love them. I'll tell you, Lori, I love you. Linda, I love you. Because that's really the most important thing at the end of the day that matters when you face something like this, is that the people you love know that you love them, and the people that love you tell you. So we'll be back again next week with another great episode. Thanks, ladies.
0: From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are. Discover your purpose and challenge yourself to be all you can be.